0: Good day listeners, Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries. Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. In today's episode, Stephen and I share multiple comments from men who are on the journey to pursue greater integrity. Some of these comments are, I know what's wrong with me. It's me. Or, I'm 75 years old and no one wants to go to lunch with me. And, all my life I've hidden behind God and spiritual truths, but I'm not emotionally mature. Another one is, there is pain in recovery. It feels like hope and it sucks all at the same time. Another one is, why do I have to change? I don't want to. And finally, growing up, no one was there for me, so now how can I show up for anyone? Our hope in sharing these comments and the insights behind them is, is to help men better understand their own integrity journey and hopefully get some ideas for how to take their best next step. If you would like resources that help men grow in purity and faith, visit men.bebroken.com. For more resources, visit bebroken.com or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Now, let's join Stephen and these brave men. Well, Stephen Cervantes.
1: Hey, good are, to see you. We're at it again. We're back at it. You know, yes, I'm, indeed.
0: I am in a uh, a season of life that you have gone through, and I'm going to have to get some uh, ig- advice from you because Stephen. By the time this airs, our our youngest will have graduated from high school.
1: Wow. Wow. Can we just have a moment of silence Uh, for uh, this Transitions in life. They talk about transitions, how people get messed up in the transitions. When you're going from one place to the next on the journey and there's a big change, you move, you graduate, you know, something happens when the world... Goes was going one way, it now goes another way, and so.
0: Well, you know what's weird is I I've I've been saying it my whole life, but it just feels like I say it a lot more often now, and that is I don't know what I'm doing.
1: I don't. <laughs> you know, and it's so these, honest. Uh, well, I, I so feel you, like
0: I feel like with my kids, you know, you you get to a point where you feel like you're maybe so slightly competent after the season is over. <laughs> and then you enter a new season. It's like, but perfect. now I don't know what I'm doing. That's perfect. I mean, I know how to be a parent of a 10-year-old. There but you go. How to I love that. be a parent that. of 20-year-olds, you know? <laughs> Okay.
1: Perfect. That's exactly right, and that's where we all are, right? Yeah. I've never been this age before. Have you been this age before? No, sir. We're doing the best we can. every day there's a secret out there. Everybody's faking it. I don't know if you know it. Nobody. If you can tell me what happens tomorrow, I can tell you about good choices today. Yeah. But. Well, along those lines, we can. Yes, sir. We're
0: going to be talking about just kind of how. Some guys have been thinking along this process of recovery and life and and yes. dealing with difficult situations, right?
1: Yes, and I love to hear men that say things that are profound, and some are profoundly ignorant, and some are just profoundly wise, and some are profound in the middle, all right? Yeah. But when somebody says something that's that's about their spirit and their soul and their emotions— and it just quickens in my spirit. I go, oh, that's a great line. So I try to capture those lines. And that's what today's conversation is going to be about, comments that men have made.
0: Yeah, and our hope in these kind of conversations is that I think sometimes the power of just being able to hear mm-hmm. a lot of other people in terms of, well, what were, how did they— um, right. um, you know, deal with that, or what was their response? It helps us kind of analyze ourselves and look at
1: our own. That's right. And how are they stuck? Yeah. And how are they framing where they are in life? And are they waking up? So, do we launch right in? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm, looking I'm listening to it. this guy speak, and, you know, he's somebody I enjoy, and he's speaking right along, and he says something like this Hey, I finally figured out what's wrong. It's me. It's me. (laughs) And I thought, what? That's hilarious. I finally figured out what's wrong. It's me. And and he was trying to say what's wrong, that life is hard or that I'm struggling or it's difficult. What's wrong? It's me. Mm. And every time a situation shows up, I show up. It's me. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's it's not exactly right, but it's an attempt to say, I make messes and the problem is my messes. Yeah, you know, I uh, mean,
0: obviously this isn't a statement that says, okay, this is comprehensive. Like, this is where all of the problems lie. But I love the fact that, you know, when a guy finally gets to a place where he looks at yeah. how he is contributing to his problems, you know, what pops into my head is... is um you know i've seen it happen many many times where somebody's had a series of a, a man's been involved in a series of broken relationships right right yep and then the light bulb finally goes on and he realizes the common denominator in all these relationships is me
1: right yes
0: and it's a sobering thing it's an enlightening thing
1: well and that's really a good context to put this in because if you if you're saying i see messes in my past and those messages are connected to me, then I think that does make sense. Because I'm just pulling a comment a guy made out of a context, mm-hmm. and I just think it's pretty funny. But the whole idea of what you're saying is look inside, right? What's going on? Because that's where I would adjust this to. I well, would say, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, I think it It also, I mean, I think one of the reasons that maybe that comes across to us as a little bit humorous and, and is because... Sometimes, you know, as a counselor, you have a much more objective perspective mm. of a person's life, right? Okay. And so if if this guy's been connecting with you at all, mm-hmm. and then he finally says this, in your mind, you're going, well, I've known that all along. <laughs> <laughs> that you've got to admit your <clears throat> your fault in these things, and you've got to... So finally, when a person does have the aha moment, for sometimes the people in the li- in his life around him, they're going... Right, yeah, finally, yeah, finally right. you're admitting that you're you're culpable in this.
1: So he actually said it with a little different twist. He said, I know what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. It's me. So I just thought that was kind of funny. But what he's saying, I know what's wrong. A theme in my life is I'm the common denominator, like you said. But this is a man of faith, goes to church, loves God, loves God, has the answer, reads his Bible and all that kind of stuff. But I play on that, and and I think that statement's too broad. I would say it this w- this way: my childhood emotional beliefs are not serving me well. Childhood beliefs don't work well in adulthood. So if I'm angry or short or impatient, and I've I've done that all my life, and it's worked for me, if I withdraw from someone to punish them, and it works for me, I learned that in childhood. I'll go to my room. I won't talk to you. You know, are all scream and dominate and win. Some of our old, our, most of our beliefs were set up young, a long time ago in our youth. And 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 we still act those behaviors out in the marriage context. We're not even in the old context anymore. Mm-hmm. But I believe I can keep operating the same system. Well, so, it makes me think of, uh,
0: you know, when... When Paul said, you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child right. and reasoned like a child, I spoke like a child. But when, he, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I think that's a little that's bit of good. what you're saying. It's like, hey, there are things that were woven into me as a child that were part of my reasoning, my speech, my thinking, but those are not, like you said, it's those are not things that will serve you well in adulthood. You have to put away
1: those, those childish things. Yeah, yeah. So, so some people say, well, I just don't like to talk. Mm -hmm. Well, that was set up a long time ago. Okay. You're an adult now. Why are you still acting like you're the kid who, if you talk, you get punished or something, or I'm not very social. Mm -hmm. And your wife wants to go out and be social and you're not social. It's like, why do I have to be social? Well, you set it up in childhood. Most of the things we do, we're set up in childhood and we get an adult relationship. And the other, your spouse goes, Hey, well, why do you act like that? Come on, bring the rest of yourself. Oh, no, no, this is all there is. No, no, come on, you're an adult now. It's different. Come on, you can you can do this. No, no. So anyway, just a thought. I know what's wrong with me. It's me. And I hope that makes you smile because I had a real good chuckle from that line.
0: And it's at least a good place to start because you can go out from there, right? And then realize, okay, if I start with admitting my own fault right. in these things, Maybe I can have the humility to start to look at how other things have played a factor as well. But if I keep pointing the finger out and saying it's that person or it was my parents or it was this or that, and I never get to that place where I say, oh, you know what, I have brought a mess to this situation too, then I don't think you have the humility or the the vision to be able to see how all those other things played into your and see deeper right, and
1: more honestly and take ownership. Right. So number two, I heard this line, I'm 75 years old and there's no man, there's no one who wants to go to lunch with me. Mm. And I can't think of anybody that I want to call for lunch, Mm. but I want to go out. I'm 75 years old. And it's like, Wow, that's a powerful statement. What comes to mind when you hear a guy saying, nobody wants to go to lunch with me?
0: Well, I just think the first thing that comes to my mind is how lonely. Yeah. Like, you know, and and just the other thing that comes to my mind, especially because of the context that we work in all the time with men, is that this path that so many men get on that sort of constructs a self-focused paradigm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's what our culture promotes is like, hey, you know, follow your heart, follow your dreams. It is very self-focused is I think that's what it ends up looking like at 75 Mm. is you don't have any friends. You've sort of constructed a life that says, I want to really make it all about me. And let's just be honest. Is there anything necessarily magnetic or warm about a person who's made their whole life about themselves?
1: You know, yes, that's a good point. And that, I'm not saying and that that's no, the fact no, that's going I, on with this guy. No, but. but that's a great point because I'm a. We're going to make two points off this statement because I think it's very valid and a really good point. If you're into yourself a lot, well, who wants to go out with somebody that's into themselves all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And and so to build on that, this guy is a Bible guy who has a lot of Bible knowledge, can give you quote your verse all the time, who has a lot of logic. And fix his problems and he tells you what to do. Right. So add that. When you say about self, mm. how can you be so about self? Well, if if everything is a is a Bible problem and you have a Bible answer mm. to it, and you just quote a scripture, any scripture, I talk about myself, you quote a scripture. Right? Because that makes you look good. Or you tell me what to do. Or you explain to me why the world's this way. But you don't press into me, mm. right? Then emotionally, how much fun is that?
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: You know, because you can lecture to me, but you can't hear me or connect to me. Yeah,
0: that's really good. I and you know, as I think about that, I think uh, that's convicting.
1: How so? To me, too, because I'm thinking,
0: you know, there's there's parts of my own personality and bent that if I'm not careful. Uh, I could go on that same trajectory. Because one of the things that you just said that really jumped out at me is if uh, if you have kind of strictly a problem-solving mentality in your relationships, then you're never going to connect with the person. That's right. right? That's right. Because it's like whatever they're saying, w- whatever they're f- emoting, mm-hmm. well, that's a problem to be fixed, and we- we've got to fix that that's problem. Exa- oh,
1: that's great. Yes, absolutely. And,
0: and I can see how that would be a very disconnecting – Type of way to relate. So to
1: people. that's if the, if you go to lunch with this guy and he always preaches to you and tells you what to do and has a logical fix, but he doesn't explore you or your story. Yeah, you know how how often you want to eat with a guy that just can <laughs> tells you what to do. Yeah. You talk and he tells you what to do.
0: Well, and it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged negative as well because not only does it seem would it come across like I don't feel known with this person. I would also yes. leave and say I don't know this person and some... we
1: just spent an hour together. You... And what you said is true. Yeah. He didn't tell me any personal stories, so I didn't learn anything. I didn't get to tell stories and be heard. Mm-hmm. So go where? Where does it go from there?
0: Well, it's flat. It's very kind of kind of cold. It's uh, another way to think of it is it's it's real heady.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. We can
0: have a lot of passionate discussions about logical reasonable things
1: and yet leave going who is that guy yeah you know yeah right so i'll come to you if you need an answer right but otherwise i don't need to talk to you Mm. because we don't really have the connection yeah that's good so the next comment is almost a cousin to this guy he says all my life I've hidden behind God and spiritual truths. I found church early. And um, I was raised by a single mom and we went to church all the time. She took me to church all the time. All the church people loved me. They let me pray, I was a kid, they lifted me up, look how good he is. And all my life I love God and church, but emotionally I'm not very well developed. and And so, I can use my, uh, I always have a story to tell, a biblical story, which is, honors God. That's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But it's the same. It's a cousin to the one before, right? Because the guy before used logic and fixing. But this guy said, you know what? I've made an observation about myself. I've supercharged church stuff. But when people come to me with a, a sadness, Right? I will. I tell him I'll pray for you, but I don't know how to explore your sadness, mm, mm-hmm. right? Or if if you're really hurting and disappointing God in life, and you know, uh, uh, I I wasn't trained that way. Well, you know, I I hear in both of these, and maybe I see in both of these,
0: one of the maybe one of the reasons that a lot of men, especially, have a real hard time feeling like they belong in a church community, mm. because, you know, I could look at both of these guys, and if you meet him in church, there would be, I think, an intimidation factor to the guy that maybe either doesn't even have a relationship with God or is very young in his faith, yes. and here's somebody that's, you know, got all these really heady, super spiritual answers and, and like you said, can tell a Bible story to, in response to every single thing, and in some ways it would feel like oh man, no. you know, you're blowing me back with all right. this. And knowledge. put him in church
1: and, and he's carrying a big Bible and he's telling, he's talking, right? And I mean there's it's beautiful to hear the Bible stories mm-hmm. and experience God, but there's a human being there. And it becomes a problem when his wife says, Hey, can we talk about our struggles? Can we talk about our weaknesses? Mm-hmm. And he says, I have been the leader, um, uh, the the answer guy i i'm the bible guy and now you want me to tell you about my struggles mm. and when you come to me with a struggle i have a bible answer but i don't want to go into my stories don't you understand i look bad compared <laughs> to the stories i tell I'm right. broken humanity struggling, but the stories are strong and answer answers to questions. And, and which
0: the uh, irony to me is that if this guy is constantly telling Bible stories, you'd think that he'd realize that every single one of the stories is full of broken people. You know, <laughs> that's
1: true. That's true. I mean, one of the stories that popped
0: into my head is like, I'm thinking, well, just tell the story of Jonah. How well does that reflect on Jonah? Like, here's a guy that's willfully rebelling against God, and okay. I'm thinking, that's real life. That's a guy that's saying, I don't want to go that direction because I hate those people. I don't want to preach and a, you, Yeah, a when message you said, Joan,
1: either what? Oh, rebellion. That fits the rebellion, right? Because yeah. you look at Paul. Look at Peter, right? Yeah, a everyone, lot of broken everyone, people, broken yeah. people everywhere.
0: So it's almost like he's not getting these stories he's telling, <laughs> you know?
1: Well, but remember, he went in young, and he was loved at church, and he found a place, and mm-hmm. they think he's wonderful because he's—and it's like— Well, I became the religious man.
0: Well, I think that's what we do a lot of times is, and this sets up men a lot of times, women too, but mainly men, I think, to to feel that isolation because guess what got highlighted and celebrated in his young life? Knowledge.
1: Mm, like you know. oh look
0: how smart he is! Looking to lift these,
1: him up, right? Look at, these, look at how much Bible he knows, <laughs> yes. and how much, and, and he shows up, and they say, "Look what he knows! Look how good he is!" and and you understand he would he would make that his identity.
0: Yeah, and he has no idea how to em- emote. He doesn't know how to show empathy. He doesn't know how to listen. He knows right. all those things that are part
1: of a human connection. And and his wife says, "Okay, talk to me. Talk to right. me about my life and your life." And and he made this comment. He said. If people see me weak, they might laugh at me. Mm. So I stay strong all the time. Wow. I thought, wow, that's heavy, isn't it? Because that's a great... If you don't have peace and rest in your soul, you're set up for an addiction. Yeah. You understand? you you got to go somewhere to get some relief. And you're
0: going to be hypersensitive to any
1: negativity that's or any criticism or that's, correction that comes your way yeah. i gotta block it and hide and pretend and know yeah. and deny it but the truth is i'm a struggler too right mm-hmm. so let me see uh so the next one is i never stopped to look at my beliefs i've run hard and fast the same way all my life now my wife is tired and does not want to continue our relationship anymore mm-hmm. so well what's the connection between my beliefs and my wife is tired and doesn't want a relationship? I'm sort of glad. I just listed these comments, but aren't they flowing they together? together? Yeah, you know? they all
0: fit together. One of the things that I think right here is just um when when there's a hypocrisy in our lives, because it's like it almost sounds to me like I never stopped to look at my beliefs because 'cause I've just been running hard and fast the same way all my life, it's like it sounds like his wife is saying there's an inconsistency in you. Oh. You you may state that you believe this over here, but the way you have lived your life, there's no Sabbath. There's no peace. There's no, yeah. you know, surrender to Jesus. It's like, and I think that becomes wearisome in a relationship. To and stay, stuck and
1: heavy and no growth.
0: Yeah. To just to just be with somebody that you feel there's a duplicity about them all the time. It's kind of weird. I almost see in this guy that there's probably like a public persona and then his private life at home, mm-hmm. and those don't match up.
1: So that's right. And and that always baffles women. You walk out that door, and you turn on some charm and wonder, and you come home, and you're flat. Yeah. There's no joy, no peace, no fun, no laughter, no rest, no growth. But you go out there, and you're Mr. Perky. And you shine, It's like, can I have that guy? Can he come inside? (laughs) Do I have to live with this guy? And I never stop to look at my beliefs, right? Beliefs drive actions. Mm -hmm. So whether you talk or don't talk, whether you grow or don't grow, beliefs are critical. What do I believe? When I look at that, then I can make a shift to be better, right? Mm -hmm. That's the point of a bunch of these comments. The next guy said, there is such pain in recovery and growth and getting better. There's such pain. But I got to tell you, it gives me hope and it sucks at the same time. I just I laughed. love that.
0: not that a great line? I, I love the brutal honesty. You know, one of the things we talk about in recovery is one of the very first steps is you got to get brutally honest about everything, right? Right. And I love, here's a guy that's saying... You know, when I look at the reality of transformation, yes, it's not simple. Or, or, well, I shouldn't say that. It's simple. It's not easy. Right. Um, it comes with a lot of sweat and blood and tears. But there's this unbelievable mix of I have hope in my spirit, and yet at the same time, I'm going – sort of sucks you know <laughs> as far as as far as the the, the absolutely the
1: pain of it. you mean I could be different I like your word transformation you mean I could remake me and my broken places fix them and make and have a better outcome I could be different man I didn't know that mm. that's hope yeah but let's think about this you've been doing something for 30 or 40 years since childhood and now you have to go back and own it. As weakness and brokenness, then you have to develop a new strategy. It has, there's no comfort in new strategies. It's mm-hmm. just walk it out, practice disciplines like lose weight. Okay, take the pain of hunger, deny yourself. Right, go to bed hungry. Don't don't pick A, which is fat. Pick B, which is sticks and twigs and, <laughs> and roots and fiber. You know, right? Yeah, it's pain. But we get to another place, right?
0: Well, and what I love about the insight that this guy has is he's real. It's it's almost like you can see him emerging into a new paradigm where he's realized he's reframing his even his concept of pain. Because I think mm. if you think about it, a lot of times what we've been chasing in pursuing pleasure at all cost is a denial of there being anything good that can come from pain.
1: Uh okay. It's almost like I mean everything about pornography and pain. lust and
0: all of this is saying any kind of pain or suffering or discomfort is all bad. And what I'm saying So you
1: should run to me. So you should always go to pleasure. Yeah.
0: And what I love about what this guy is saying is he's like, "You know what? Pain is really hard, but this kind of pain is producing a hope in me yeah. that is changing
1: so So i'm I'm a different person growth pain yeah transformation being renewed pain all the being transformed right that's painful but the idea but in the end
0: that some some kinds of pain are actually for your good and can you lean into that and i love the fact that he's saying yeah i understand pain sucks but this kind of pain is different from the kind of pain that i've been running from before you know and
1: you know that reminds me of the statement that disciplined people are free people. Right, absolutely. Right, so if you practice discipline, then you have freedom. When you pract- when you live in chaos, you don't have mm-hmm. freedom.
0: That should be a hashtag or a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> so look, why do I have to change? You know, really, why do I have to change? I've been this way all my life. Okay, you don't like it, okay? Okay, you don't like it. Okay, you complain. Okay, you tell me things that are mean and ugly and hurtful. So... Why do I have to change? I don't want to change. I like me. Why can't I die like this?
0: And my simple answer is, you don't have to change. (laughs) You can die like that. (laughs) But here's the thing. Anybody who is actually saying this question, Mm. I think, cannot escape the fact that there's something behind that question that is gnawing at them. Mm. They want to point to everybody else and say, hey, what's wrong with you people? I don't want to change, you know, because, you know, a wife may be saying, come on, you know, can you please try? Can you do something different? Or maybe a boss is even saying, come on, man, you got to, you can't be so rigid and rude and all those kinds of things. So when a person is saying this kind of question and saying, "Why, why do I, why do I need to change? I like me. The reality is, I think when those words come out of their mouth, they're deflecting. Mm. I think there's something behind that. Because usually these words don't come in a gentle, peaceful, no calm that's right. attitude. No. And that in itself says, you know what? There is something not at peace in you.
1: It's funny because I wrote down the words coping, mm. surviving, and getting by. Why can't I just keep coping and surviving and getting by? What's wrong with that? Mm. Well, because Jesus said, you know, enter my rest, yoke up with me, you know. There's a peace that surpasses understanding, you know. That's the alternative to coping and surviving and existing. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> the next guy said, um, I've been to a lot of seminars and training weekends. Most of the seminars are full of information and thoughts and and data. But the Gateway Weekend really invites you to go deep inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Any comments?
0: Well, the, and that's just the difference between information and experience. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is think of it this way. And we, you know, I've used this example in many different ways over the years, and I think it's still a good one, even though it's probably overused. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to the altar to get married— and you are imagining entering this covenant, and you're going to have this new life with this person that you are just so enamored by, you're just in love with. What would it be like if the the minister basically said, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and now merely, mm-hmm. merely seek to live with only information about each other? Don't try to have any experiences with each other.
1: Oh. That's good. It'd be
0: foolish, right? If it's right. essentially saying, really, I'm, I'm making a covenant in order to just know facts about that person.
1: Mm. It's
0: like, no, the, the idea of a covenant, intimate bond, the idea of even a friendship is that you experience the relationship together. And I think sometimes what happens in even recovery is there's lots of great information out there. Right. And you can even put this in the context of our Christian faith. People look at the Bible, great information, right? Right. All this information about God and history and creation and gospel and all this. But if people stop just at information... They're not gonna have life transformation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause we we are not transformed by the information that God has given to us. We're transformed by an experiential relationship with Him. An encounter, yes. And so I think that's what this guy that's is saying. Good. You know, I've had a lot of information about recovery, right. but when I finally got into an environment where I was able to really connect with other men on this journey and be safe enough to really tell the stuff I've never told anybody. I had an experience of what recovery looks like Mm. rather than just information about it.
1: Good. All right, I want to close with this one. This guy said, Growing up, no one was there for me. So now, how can I show up and be there for you? Mm. His wife's saying, Hey, I want you to be here and engage more and, and just be with me and show up. I don't feel like you show up. Well, look. All my life, nobody showed up, so I entertained myself. I denied, I avoided, you know. I I made up fantasies in my mind, and 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 nobody showed up to engage me. And now I get married, and she goes, "Come on, show up!" It's like I'm not trained to show up. Mm. I'm here. I work. I do. I do my chores. I keep things clean. What? Why? What? What do you want? I don't know what you want. Yeah. Nobody trained me to do that.
0: You know, and this is the hard part of of recognizing that it is established by God that the family is meant to be a training ground for mm. that kind of modeling of showing up. Parents are supposed to show up That's for their right. kids and That's right. and so but here's the thing, the other thing we've been talking about here, right, in terms of the pain of recovery or mm. putting away childish things, this is one of those areas where it's like, okay, you're a grown man. You did not get the modeling that was that you'd hoped for or mm-hmm. that even was right. I mean, God designed it that you should have gotten the modeling for that. Right. But you can't now stand before God or your wife with an excuse that says, I didn't get the modeling, so therefore you're out of luck. I can't show up for you. I say, roll up your sleeves, dig in, <laughs> put yourself in a group, a recovery group, get with other right. men, put yourself in an environment, go to counseling with your wife, mm-hmm. do the things that it's like, okay, I do have this history that's broken, and I didn't get what I needed in terms right. of being able to really see a picture of that. It doesn't mean that there are no pictures that could exist in my life now. Mm-hmm. So why don't I try to put myself in those environments where yeah. showing up can happen?
1: And I would even say, let your wife... Model it for you. Right, yeah. Practice with her. Let her train you how to show up and be present.
0: Well, and it could be also that she is, and he's just not paying attention, you know, so.
1: Right. All right, well, this has been Mm -hmm. great,
0: Stephen. There have been lots of good thoughts here. Uh, Listeners, we hope that this has been something that has stirred in you, some thoughts about how you can continue to press forward in um, recovery and growth. And uh, we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.